All right. Well, I am incredibly excited for these next two days because I was thumbing through a journal that I've been taking really since 2017 with some devotional thoughts and sermon notes and other things. And I stumbled across a set of notes. Well, you know, maybe you could call it more of a flow chart. That's the way my brain was working for some reason over these couple of days from some messages that I heard that trace a pattern of thinking, actually two very different patterns of thinking. One is the way down, the other is the way up. And over these next two days, we're gonna look at those patterns of thinking and we're gonna trace them. Today, we're gonna start with the way down. So you might ask, what is the way down? Well, the way down is a pattern of thinking, a, a thought process that ultimately ends in despair. So today we're going to trace that and then hopefully we're going to identify places in our lives, areas in our hearts where we fall into this thought process. And then tomorrow we will look at the way up, how we can change this way of thinking. But I guess that means we need to start today by looking at the way down. Now the way down starts, and it always starts like this. The way down starts with unbelief. It always starts with unbelief. Ephesians 4 talks about the way the Gentiles walk. Paul is trying to contrast the way Christians think and the way Gentiles or unbelievers think. Talking about how they have futility of mind, that their, their thoughts are darkened and they're ignorant. They're ignorant of God's truth. They do not understand God's truth. Instead, they use their own thoughts, their own reason, and it's futile, it's vain. And that could lead us to a definition of unbelief as something like this. It is instead of believing God's revelation, it is believing man's own reason above God's revelation. That's what unbelief is. And on this thought process of the way down, unbelief often sounds like this. God himself is not enough for me. Or God is not doing enough for me. And that's what unbelief is and what it often says. But unbelief is often hand in hand, linked with something else that we'll call discontent. And these two things pair together so closely, they're almost difficult to distinguish from each other. Unbelief saying God is not enough or he's not doing enough. And discontentment saying, well, if only God would do this, if he would meet this need, which often is not actually a need, it's just a perceived need. If only God would do this, then, and then fill in the blank. Unbelief and discontentment, the, the early signs that you are following the way down. God's not doing enough. God is not enough. 
if only God would do this and meet this need that I think I have. And that shows us unbelief and discontentment. Now from this box, if you want to say, if your brain works in flow charts like mine, from this box right here of discontentment, we can go one of two directions. One is anxiety, and the other is anger. Let's look at anxiety first. Remember, this is coming right off of discontent, which is saying, if only God would meet this perceived need. And one way that our mind might process discontent is through anxiety, where we say, or I guess where we worry about those perceived needs. We fear about them. You might say, no, no, that's, that's not, that's not what I'm doing when I get discontent. I'm not, I'm not getting anxious. Because if I'm anxious, that means I don't believe, right? This is what that train is saying. Unbelief, discontentment, then anxiety. Well, even Christ himself links anxiety to unbelief. In Mark 4.40, right after he's calmed the sea, this is what he says to his disciples. Why are you so fearful? Why are you anxious? Do you have no faith? In other words, God is linking anxiety to a lack of faith or an unbelief. And that's one way we can deal with discontentment and process it. I am uncertain. I am worrying about my perceived needs. First, I'm discontent because God's not meeting them. And then two, I'm anxious. I'm worried about how I am going to meet these perceived needs. Now, the other way, from going belief to discontentment is not to anxiousness, but it's actually to anger. And instead of worrying about my needs, growing fearful about my perceived needs, I grow frustrated because God is not meeting these perceived needs. And you see this, again, it's linked to unbelief. You know, how on earth is anger linked to unbelief? If you look in Numbers chapter 20 and verse 12, this is coming off of Moses striking the rock to provide water for the children of Israel. And God is handing out Moses' punishment. We all know Moses got angry and he struck the rock. So we assume God's going to say, you're getting this punishment because you were angry. But no, this is what he says. The Lord spoke to Moses and also to Aaron, because you did not believe, you shall not bring this assembly into the land. God nails Moses, not on his anger, but on his unbelief. And again, this is a deathly cycle on the way down, coming from unbelief to discontentment. And then your brain might process this discontentment with anxiousness about how I have to meet my own needs since God's obviously not going to do it. Or it can go to anger. Why is God not meeting this need in frustration? But ultimately, whether your brain processes this discontentment through anxiousness or through anger, it always leads to the same result. It always leads to the same result. And that is the result of despair. 
Now, Hebrews chapter 12 is the link here. How does this unbelief ultimately lead to despair, whether it's through the channel of anger or anxiousness? Listen to what Hebrews 12, 3 says. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Let me break this down very quickly. Consider him. Actively think upon Christ. Actively think upon this revelation from God. What you know is true about Christ. This is a definition and principle of belief. An active thinking about what is actually true from God's word. This is the opposite of unbelief, which values human reason above God's revelation. So the writer of Hebrews says, believe or else this will happen. Or we could word it this way. If you have unbelief, this is what's going to happen. You become weary and discouraged. You end up in despair. Unbelief leads to the fruit of despair. And at this point, we're not saying, I am angry because God is not meeting this perceived need. Or I'm, I'm anxious and worried because I don't think God is going to meet this perceived need. At this point in despair, you say, God is never going to meet this need. And unbelief leads you down this death spiral that ends up at despair. That's a bit discouraging, I know. It's despairing news. But here's, here's the thing that we need to nail down today so that tomorrow we can track the way back up. If we, if we miss out on this step, the way up is going to be pointless. So let's get this step. Identify today. Identify what thought in your mind is a thought of unbelief. And it could even be something that is nearly universally accepted. For instance, if I have X, it will satisfy. If I have fill in the blank, it will satisfy. Could be almost universally accepted. What area of unbelief, or what lie, we could put it that way, what lie are you believing that is a sign of unbelief? And once you have pinpointed that lie that you are believing. I want you to trace this path. How is this making me discontent? In my discontentment, am I growing anxious or am I growing angry? Have I met the point of despair yet where I say, God is never going to meet this need. He's never going to give me fill in the blank. What lie are you believing? And where is it evidencing itself in your life today? Is it an anxiousness? Is it an anger? Are you stuck in the discontentment stage? Or are you all the way down in the despair stage? Pinpoint that thought, that thought of unbelief, that lie, and trace it through your life. And then tomorrow, we get to look at the way up. Let's say I am in despair. How do I think? How do I replace those thoughts of despair 
so that I can be back on the way up to walk with Christ? Or how do I replace thoughts of anxiousness and fear or anger and frustration? What do I do when I'm discontent? Because ultimately, we don't want to be on the way down that starts with unbelief. We want to be on the way up that ends in greater faith.